Hello and welcome to a mini-sode of Megaten Marathon, uh, in which we are going to be discussing the Digital Devil Monogatari Megami Tensei uh, OVA, which is an a, a single episode anime uh, produced by Animate in 1987, and it was based off the first novel, and also... It is officially, I hope, the last time we're going to ever have to deal with uh, Nakajima. I think I think we're good yeah. after this. I think this is the the epic conclusion. Well, it's not the epic conclusion, but it's 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 our epic conclusion of the Nakajima saga. But I guess if anyone wants to torture us and translate that third novel into English, we'd come back. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, we should probably introduce ourselves. I'm Paul and Davis. I'm Brian May. And I'm Evan. Good old one named Evan. Yes. yes. Uh, so we got we got an anime here, you fellas. Um, do we want to <laughs> do we want to just give general thoughts about what we think right off the bat? I mean, there's not a ton to talk about here. No, like for for the actual plot discussion, you could just refer back to our original episode because it's basically just that, but animated in kind of a dull, unremarkable style. Mm-hmm. Is it beat for beat exactly the same? I, I guess maybe maybe my boredom of the book led to me misremembering how certain events played out. But no, there are definitely some changes, and I think some of the changes are actual actually improvements. You know, from like a narrative point of view, and some of them I think are just to like try and simplify some of the nonsense in the novel. Uh huh. Yeah. The, the first big change I noticed that it, it it doesn't open with a triple homicide. Yeah. Uh, instead, it opens with like it, it opens right from uh, Yumiko's point of view, and it doesn't actually show Nakajima murdering anyone until like basically Loki is telling him what I thought you wanted power. I thought you were serious, and then you see the murder through a series of flashbacks as he's finally summoning Loki. Which yeah. I didn't see. I didn't see anything in the anime that would that if you were not familiar with the story of the of the novels that would explain what those scenes are. It seems <laughs> like there there's almost no discussion. There's no exposition whatsoever. There's just a few like random flashbacks where he's just typing "kill, kill, kill" into a uh, computer screen. And then uh, some people being murdered. Yeah, it's definitely doesn't feel like it's made to draw people into a story that they hadn't heard about before. It's just like, oh, you heard about these novels. Here's the animated version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see coming in cold and being like, OK, this is a story about some guy who's really respected in his school. It opens up with him ignoring everybody, just hanging out at his computer. All the teachers are scared of him. And the next thing you know, he's summoning a demon with his PC. And it's like there's, there's some context there that would probably be helpful. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty low budget, as most one episode OVAs are. It uh, does not look that good. It, it has moments like the fight scenes look OK. Right. Yeah. But uh, man, there are certain things like there's there's a scene where you get introduced to Yumiko's cat and the cat <laughs> is just sort of like this amorphous blob. Yeah, that cat is hideous. I have no idea what what I, I at first I was like, is this supposed to be a demon cat? Like what's going on here? <laughs> it's just it's like this horrifying like pool of cat. It's kind of the same level of quality if you've watched like the first few episodes of Fist of the North Star. <laughs> Ignore all of the aesthetic improvements, everything that looks good about that, and just look at the quality of the animation. And it's it's kind of like that 
but applied to high schoolers. And the one thing I can say about it is the demons look more or less like they did in the manual and in the game mm-hmm. because they just took the design and made them larger. But that's like that's the original character designer, right? Yeah. Before the main guy, like you can tell, like his designs are um, busier in a distracting way. Yeah. Like Cerebus was the one that I really noticed it on. It's just like all these lines that don't really like the detail is just a bunch of circles and it looks really weird. Well, not only that, but the detail is kind of meaningless. It's like frill for frill's sake. Whereas the new designer, uh, his name's escaping me, but when they when they brought in the guy that actually like defined the style of his series, whenever he would add a detail, it would add it would be it would reference the nature of the character or something about you know the mythology behind it. Baal or Beelzebub looking kind of like a fly. Yeah, yeah. Or isn't I mean isn't Cer- Cerberus in this like doesn't he have some weird detaching like alien style like fangs that come out of his mouth or something like that. It only has one head and two tails. (laughs) Yeah. I guess that equals three heads. Looks like some weird, I don't even know how to describe him. Like the shitty blue werewolf. Shitty, shitty blue werewolf with a third eye. Just like the Vikings intended. Uh, Occasionally. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But he's very buff. He's very, he's very, he's a very virile shitty werewolf. I mean, since we're on Loki already, we might as well, since we're not really avoiding spoilers here. So there's a the ending when he fights Loki. It's like the animators knew it was a video game, but weren't really aware of Mm. what kind of video game. And they're just like, well, what happens in video games? Like people hit the weak spots, right? And they just I mean, Shadow of the Colossus style just hits him on the mark on his head and he goes down. Which, by the way, in that ending, Loki is humongous. He's like multiple stories tall. Which I'm cool with. Yeah. I'm cool yeah. with giant Loki. I mean, he's half giant already. Mythology. Check it out. I actually know something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he's not in his, like, uh, pink slime mode. Oh, dude. I really enjoyed the visuals on the pink slime. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The pink slime is amazing, especially when it first comes out of the computer and it's, like, consuming all the students and there's just, like like gushers of blood like yeah that was actually one of the best aesthetic choices in this thing is like this one of the biggest monsters it it doesn't eat people it crushes them as it digests them and like they they explode like sacks of blood it's really interesting to watch I think one of the biggest changes that I mean one of the most notable changes is that um so in the novel, um, they uh, Loki wants to um, tentacle rape Yumiko. Uh, fortunately, uh, thankfully, that does not. Yeah, happen. I was yeah, like clenching was... my teeth, waiting for that the entire time. Thank goodness. Yeah, I was. I, I was mean, you too, still thank yes. God. And and in the novel, that is stopped by the teacher, who's all pissed off and jealous. Uh, because she wants to have weird demon sex with Loki herself, and she kills uh, Yumiko. Uh, in this version, Yumiko, as soon as Loki comes out of the computer, gets like super goddess powers, I guess from uh, Izanami, and um, can shoot beams out of her eyes and starts shooting at Loki as he's like killing the students and... Uh, trying to consume uh, Nakajima. And so she gets into this really kind of ridiculous anime battle with him. 
and uh, her and Nakajima escape. But the battle, I guess, is taking her life force away from her. So that is that's how well, she I th- dies. I think in, in this, this one, version. Loki actually uh, slashes her in the back and just rips her open as they're jumping out the window. Oh, it's not maybe really well that. animated, but like you can see him swipe out. They bust through the window. Then right before the teleporter happens, a big burst of blood comes out. Um, you know, another another positive aspect about this anime, Nakajima. Um, I feel less bad with him being a hero in the anime version. I think that's because his backstory yep. isn't explained. <laughs> <laughs> the, the less we know about him, the better he yeah. works. So, although I was really uncomfortable during that flashback scene where they showed those two students getting killed by Nakajima's uh, hypnotized other students. Uh-huh. I, I don't want to describe the whole thing here, but there's a very unpleasant way that the uh, woman that was tormenting him dies. Oh, you mean uh, you mean uh, oh, when she yes. got bitten in the taint? Yeah, when she got bitten in the taint. <laughs> yes. God, I was like genuinely shocked when I saw that. Uh, yep. It is um, it is certainly like I won't say it's a good moment, but it's like it definitely <laughs> it kept my eyes on the screen for a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was odd, you know, it was it, I mean, I don't I haven't watched a lot of anime, so I mean, I, I, I don't know like how to compare this with other anime of the time. But like, you know, when I think of like anime of the time, I think of like, I don't know, like like Macross or Robotech or something, you know, and the level of violence. And even though, you know, it wasn't like hentai levels of porn, you know, it, the level of violence and sexual content in this, given the era that it came out was like kind of surprising to me i don't know you know uh uh not to erm actually but isn't robotech just like a really badly localized version of one of the macrosses yeah yeah it is it is i'm just talking about like my you know that that's that's about how like minimal my knowledge of anime from this remote anime actually guys this this is this is a really good time to get something off our chest um i am also i don't watch a lot of anime I've seen maybe two dozen animes ever, and uh, I like most of them, but I also really, really disliked a good chunk of them as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would say my count is probably closer to like five or six. My count is probably a lot higher than either of you guys. Uh, there was there was one summer where I was, work, I was I took summer classes at college. Nobody else was there, so I just figured, you know what I'm going to watch? Every episode of Dragon Ball, then every episode of Dragon Ball Z, then every episode of GT. Then I'm going to see if I can catch up with One Piece, which had already been like 200 episodes by then. That was a mistake. <laughs> see, see, if an, if an anime is based off a manga, I'd rather read the manga because I'm just such a huge comic book nerd. It makes more sense to me. So it's like for the, the animes I like, they either need to be based off of light novels or uh, completely original. That makes sense. And with a lot of them, the, ma- the manga is like a lot more fun to read because usually production value isn't as much of an aspect in manga. But I've read some good manga then went on to watch the anime. I'm like, oh, this is this is garbage. This is this is painful to watch. It, there is no correlative uh, quality between the two mediums. Like it, you can have the best manga in the world and it can turn it out to be a real shitty anime. And then sometimes an anime completely surpasses any idea that the manga had originally. Take I don't want to start a huge thing, right. but take, for example, <laughs> Attack on Titan, where like that manga is pretty atrocious to look at. But the yeah. anime is, you know, well animated enough to have captured the imagination of millions. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's one of the few that I well, have. But every watched. once in a while, you get the rare gem like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, where the anime is like this wonderful, super stylish, awesome thing, and the manga is like also wonderful and stylish and excellent in totally different ways. Interesting. That's I actually hmm. I don't have much experience yeah. with JoJo's. If you like a lot of really colorful, muscular men doing bodybuilding poses, it is your show. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I feel like I, I get get a lot of this, you know, like my knowledge of it sort of indirectly through playing a lot of like JRPGs and whatnot. And you're told, yeah, it's it's it, they're equivalent enough media that it, you can pretty much say you're you, you've experienced one through the other. And one definitely influences the other, right, and vice right. versa. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like, have you guys ever seen that? Have you guys ever seen Paranoia Agent? Oh man, there's no. one episode that totally takes place inside a Dragon Quest dungeon, and it's amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so what else do we have to say about this OVA? Um, I remember there being really terrible music, specifically. The music is amazing. <laughs> the music. Oh my god! And in fact, I think I'm gonna have to like cut some in. So are we I... saying what 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 flavor of amazing are we talking about? It, are we talking about amazing in that way that really terrible '80s synths are amazing? Or yeah, yeah, that's just, that's precisely and, and completely out of context. Like the scenes when Nakajima is having the dream and being chased after by the he is a Nami, you know. Ugly, hellish Izanami. Uh, You know, it's just like really upbeat synth score, and it's supposed to be this like (laughs) horrific, horrific scene. This might be a good time to address this because we were given some information on Izanami and we'll probably talk about this again later in more depth. But just for some context, mm. we weren't too aware of the original myth of Izanami where uh, she was basically cast down into Japanese mythological hell. I don't remember the term for it. Um, the just land of the dead, basically. Izanagi goes to save her and he finds that she is completely dead um, and her face is rotting off. That is a major component of this myth that we never knew about. So there's just, um, you know, I assume these opening scenes are reflecting that part of the myth. Yeah, yeah. Especially since Nakajima and Yumiko are supposed to be resurrections or I guess resurrections of uh, Izanami and Izanagi in some shape or form. Um, so yeah, that's, that takes the music out of the question. Um, you know, I just have some like real random notes. Like I, there's that scene uh, at the very beginning where they actually explain the, when the stars are aligned, you know, dumb trope in their universe. Mm -hmm. In this universe, the stars being aligned correctly is them having the shape of a cross. I just found that an interesting world building note. I did. I did too. And, uh, you know, I think along the lines of things that I thought were actually kind of cool, um, I, I did like the portrayals of the 
you know, and, you know, this is just kind of like retro nostalgia. Like I, li- I like the portrayals of it, the technology. Oh, absolutely, it was much more competent in the anime than it was in the book. And I wonder if it's just yeah. the book didn't really describe the technology at all. It actually used very loose terms to how people used uh, these tools. But in the anime, you're actually seeing mm-hmm. how they're performing certain actions and you're seeing the computers and the recorders and the tape movers. And it's, well, obviously more visually interesting, but there's a, there's a more sense of cohesion to how the technology works. Not like a ton. It's not like I could program in devil speak now, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mr. Robot for uh, <laughs> for uh, demon well, summoning. One thing that absolutely crazy about the technology, though, was that his little handheld comp, the portable computer, it yeah. always changed size to fit whatever his surface was. So like in the first scene, he's hunting and pecking on this little netbook sized thing. <laughs> then later on, he has like a full keyboard with it. It's like the size of a modern laptop. That was kind of hilarious. One of the things I did like was uh, when the demons were summoned, uh, they would, uh, on the screen, uh, like, depixelate and then come out of the uh, screen, which was kind of a, you know, cool effect. But yeah, what, so is there anything else? I'm out of notes. I've got a question. Um, So when uh, they are falling through the underground pit to uh, Izanami's tomb, um... At a certain point, they're just falling, and all of a sudden, there's planets and asteroids, and it seems like they're in space, even though they're underground. Um, does anybody have any idea what? I have the scene pulled up right now. I'm giving it a watch. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I kind of thought it was supposed to be symbolic of like the powers the, of the deities, and you know, witness your place in the cosmos, young Nakajima. I mean, they were following Luce, uh, Loki at this point. So who's to say they didn't follow him to some sort of crazy mythological place? Let's see. Right. Then someone says, thanks for coming, Nakajima. And who's that? Oh, and th- that's when Izanami like tells him some shit. So he's like, clearly like Izanami yeah. is uh, just deciding to send them to a place. Maybe they had to go to this place because this is where they could kill L- Loki. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> this It's so unclear. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it even really matters. I don't even think like clearly getting an entire idea across wasn't really their purpose. It was just sort of like we got to animate this book that kids like. (laughs) (laughs) It ends on a cliffhanger with uh, the teacher who uh, is summoning set. Egypt's quote unquote dark god, which uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any any Egyptian text where he was referred to as the dark nah. god, but uh, they capitalize it like it's like some <laughs> kind of title that uh, he's had for millennia. Um, and in the books, she's kind of uh, disturbed by that because she's still in love with Loki. But uh, in the OVA, she's she seems pretty damn excited that there's another sexy demon coming her way uh yep and that's it that is the whole ova no sequel no six seasons and a movie no <laughs> farewell farewell Nakajima. may our paths never cross again yes please yes farewell so that only took like 20 minutes how much of that was uh total diversions though probably about 10 <laughs> minutes or so right <laughs> So basically, yeah, probably, but you know, they, they were worthwhile. Yeah, but basically, I think. I think we can sell everyone. You can avoid this. Definitely don't need to see it. We suffered it for you. 
Although, if you really want to subject yourself yeah. to that first book, maybe watch this instead of read it. Oh, definitely. Like, if your options are the book or this anime. Yeah, I would recommend watching this over reading reading the book. <laughs> and I, uh, if, are we are we good? Are we uh, good to go? I think so. All right. Yeah, I think so. This is the, uh, yeah, this is uh, the uh, wrap up for our first uh, mini-sode. We're going to be kind of dropping these in you know, here and there. Um, we'd love to get your feedback and comments and read them in future mini-sodes. So if you can uh, drop us a line at megatenmarathon at gmail.com, that would be awesome. And uh, that's about it. Join us back uh, next episode. We'll be covering Shin Megami Tensai 1 for the SNES or the iOS if you have your iPhone on you. And uh, that's it yes. from us at Mega 10 Marathon. Just like always, life he, life ho, he ho is not fair. <laughs>